Stardate 3013867.5. I don't think that's right, but welcome to Star Trek Discovery Pod, a kind of smart, kind of funny podcast about new and classic Trek. Tonight, we will be breaking down and breaking out of a Cardassian prison as we <laughs> finally get some new Trek uh, with the premiere of season two of Lower Decks. I'll be your captain for this evening on this small crew. And with me on the view screen is Grant. It's Hi, me. Grant. <laughs> Grant. Um, Mike and Clyde are going to be on the Titan for the evening, so we'll get their hot freaks on this premiere hopefully next week. Uh, but before we dive into Strange Energies, Grant, would you mind telling folks how they can support this show of ours? Of course. Uh, there's a bunch of ways that you can help support us. The uh, first one would be if you're over here on YouTube already, just go ahead and hit that subscribe button. If you're listening to us on a podcast, you can also subscribe there. That helps us out. Um, giving us ratings and reviews on whatever platform that you listen to us on is very helpful and constructive. Sharing us, of course, with your friends. You know all these things. Mm -hmm. uh, another fantastic way to support this little venture is to go to patreon.com slash Star Trek pod. And at that little site, you can make a per episode pledge. And if you give us two bucks per episode, you can join us over on our Slack channel where we have a bunch of uh, welcoming, friendly, lovely Trekkie fans who, the, uh, who the join best us over there. Fans. Yeah. We do little, um, <laughs> little uh, watch parties on different episodes and discussions and deep dives and uh, criticism of uh, Grant's unfamiliarity with Star Trek and, you know, all <laughs> of it. It, it. It's all welcoming and it's all loving. And we would love to have you come join us there. Patreon.com slash Star Trek pod. Yes. And uh, like Chippy has mentioned, it is a small crew for this evening. So make sure if you want to join us in the discussion, we'd love to know what you thought about this episode of Lower Decks. How is this season two premiere? Uh, just type in the word P-O-D in all caps. That's P-O-D pod in all caps in your comment. And we'll try to flag that for later on in the show. But let's go ahead and get into some of this sci-fi stuff. Uh, Strange Energies was written by Mike McMahon and directed by Jason Zurich. Um, Jason, who directed, has worked on a ton of animated shows, checked out his IMDb, including the new DuckTales revival, which I didn't realize was out. I'll have to check mm. out. <laughs> uh, Lost in Oz, Moonbeam City, and The Legend of Korra. So quite the resume. Wow. Um, but yeah, I think up first, we got to dive into some hot freaks. <sighs> which one do I choose? Which one do I choose? I'm going to go... <laughs> excellent uh, uh you want to go first i think you should take it away sure yeah so i thought this was a great season two premiere there were some really fun parallels to the uh season one premiere of the show there were some really excellent references to both itself and old trek um and i think you know, it's just like everything feels like a system now, right? Like we're a little familiar with the characters. We get to dive right in with the jokes. We're picking right back up with a lot of these storylines, but enough into the the future of their um, sort of story arcs so that it feels interesting and stuff is happening and, and we're kind of catching up on where we are with them. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I thought this was a great episode. I watched it twice today and there's like so many layers of jokes. Um that I think it, it's like 
definitely worth a multiple watch as a as a premiere. So high five to the whole crew. I thought the animation also looked like maybe better. I don't know if they got like a slightly bigger budget or if they had more time, but like everything just had that like slightly shinier. The details in the background were a little sharper. There's more facial expressions on the characters. So shout out to the the whole crew top to bottom. I thought everyone felt really natural and it felt really great to be back in the lower deck, you know, universe. I imagine they have a lot of um, the cell animation already stockpiled at this point. So they, right. they already have a library of stuff they can pull from. And then just building on that with each new season makes it a little bit easier and be like, Oh, you know, we, we already have these facial expressions and, you know, these poses when the character is going to be doing this, or we have a, a sequence of how they move. That's just a guess. I, yeah. I don't operate in this world. Um, I I will say my hot freak is that I thought this was pretty fun. It's um, th- there were elements of this that uh, I, I think I had a little bit greater expectations for um, uh, grandiosity and scope, especially mm-hmm. coming off of uh, where the the first season ended. Um, that this one kind of falls a little bit back into. Um, story of the week hijinks, I guess, in a way was it, it's okay. But, um, you know, that, that said, I, I do appreciate the, um, the, the further exploration of uh, the relationship between Mariner and her mom. Uh, I thought Tendi was a little bit relegated to being, um, an overbearing cartoon. <laughs> I mean, literally a cartoon, but you know, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I think that there is something lacking with the cohesiveness of the group without Boimler there, I guess. Hmm. So I would like to have Boimler back. Uh, that said, I, I, I liked the, um, continuing, um, what, what's his name? Jack. Ransom, ransom, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I, I like uh, everything that went on with his storyline of him just kind of uh, getting god powers and just using it to want to be like a dude who works battle. <laughs> just- <laughs> Vain. <laughs> uh, I, I found all of that really, uh, really funny. Um, it, it kind of played uh, off of the general tropes of what we get with someone who gets godlike powers, and this is just like <laughs> narcissism, but in a different type of way. Ego and narcissism, uh, what a concept. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so it, it's fun. I, I think there's more for us to kind of uh, discuss together about um, what this means for for the larger arc of the season versus this kind of one-off episode and... I mean, yeah, well, I, I guess I will leave it there and say, how did you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I can get the frustration. I think we could probably, why don't we jump into like Rutherford and Tendy's sort of relationship? Because I think that is, I, I think where I'm hearing some of your uh, criticisms, which I get um, as far as like Tendy feeling this like overbearingness. But I also feel like, you know, she was so close to losing probably her closest friend on the ship at the end of last season. So if you remember, there's the big explosion, we lose Shax, right, um, who dies at the end of last season, potentially his name is still in the credits, which I think is interesting. So flashbacks, I don't know, to be determined. Um, 
but like he loses his implant and, uh, you know, they have to redo all this reconstruction. Right. And so I think she's just feeling overly protective of her friend in a way. Um, I, I got that. And I thought there yeah. was good payoff for that at the end when she kind of confronts and accepts it, but, or admits to it rather. But mm-hmm. I think that, you know, throughout the rest of the episode, it almost felt it, it felt like filler or even like a step backwards for the character and the relationship um, rather than I, we ultimately get the growth payoff. Yeah. But I, and I, I, I didn't like seeing her kind of uh, reverting to that and not respecting uh, him and his, his, you know, his changes. He obviously went through something and uh, mm-hmm. she's trying to uh, stunt him. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting since we did kind of reset totally on Rutherford, right? Because he has all these memory losses. And so I I thought it was clever that they're resetting us with like, he's literally going on a date with the same person in the premiere. So I thought that was very funny. Um, I do think like comedically, there were some uh, payoffs to their situation because Rutherford running through the hall, just being like, I just want to swim with girls was probably one of my favorite (laughs) lines of the whole episode along with fuck pairs by the end of it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, okay, fair. So I think there is some solid, like, comedic jokes that felt worth that, uh, maybe perhaps step back for the characters. Um, I also thought that it was so funny to me that the two of them are having this, like, such nice little quiet moment in the hallway while this giant like ransom face is like constantly going by and like trying to eat the ship in the background. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, I can see where it feels like we've taken a step back with those characters, but I will say, I don't know if you got a chance to watch the, the ready room um, with Will Wheaton for this particular episode. I think they're only doing two. It seems like they're doing one here at the premiere and one at the season finale for this um, series, but there's a moment in the ready room where they let them all uh, tell us a spoiler, but they bleep out the spoilery details. Uh. (laughs) And it seems like we're going to finally, what I could sort of read between the lines is I think we're going to finally get Tendi's full backstory this season. Mm. So I think we're going to get more exploration into her. So it might be this moment of like resetting at the beginning to remember how far she's come by the time we get to the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it's kind of me being a little bit petty. I, I just think that it felt like a little bit of a, a small stakes kind of retread and it's, it's playing off of the audience's will they, won't they tendencies yeah. um, with any sort of kind of pairing like that. And even though she's very comfortably kind of sticking to, no, I want this to be a, just my platonic friendship here. Um we're, we, the audience, are led to believe and read into it that there might be something else going on there as well. And I don't know. I it it doesn't bug me that much. It was yeah. it was fine. I, well, I just I, I think I had higher hopes for this episode that that things would kind of pick up in a a sharper trajectory of of everyone kind of um, growing beyond uh, their their ensign rank. And instead, it's kind of everyone is still operating within that same system. And in a way, Mariner kind of takes a she starts off maybe in that leadership role. And by the end of the episode, drops back down. to, Mm -hmm. You know, is she pushing herself? Is she trying to be more 
within this this status or not really. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it is lower decks, so we got to keep him as ensigns for a while, right? <laughs> I, I don't know, know. They named it that, but I, don't I know. mean, we'll we'll kind of see. But yeah, I do think the um, dynamic between Mariner and um, uh, the captain is very funny in that they have like created this lie around each other that this is like a great way for them to be working together and in reality it's like neither one of them is happy with this situation (laughs) at all but they're like this is what it should be right so we have to be happy about this um so i thought that was very funny i did really enjoy the cold open to this episode with mariners like workout regimen and i was like man if i had a holodeck and i could just go on like spy e type missions instead of having to go to the gym that sounds way more fun (laughs) yeah uh the payoff of that was pretty great and um this is the first episode that i've watched with my daughters oh Uh, fun they're they're um eight and six years old so uh most of the stuff is either over their head or inappropriate but (laughs) (laughs) Um, anyway, I still watched that with them and then I had to like pause and keep explaining as best I could for my, mm-hmm. my, you know, weak understanding of Trek, um, what's going on, especially like the holodeck. I'm like, they have this imaginary universe <laughs> and you can work out within this like holodeck construct. And they're like, what's a construct? <laughs> um, but, uh, but, but that said, I, I, I like that play off of the, the holodeck and, that that other girl comes in is just annoyed with her <laughs> like uh this is how you you work out yeah. yeah and uh jennifer is the andorian that she shoved in uh season one being like get out of the way jennifer <laughs> um <laughs> and then there's a couple i mean the episodes are sh- are so rich with references and like on second watch it was like oh she's like i know we're not supposed to have interpersonal conflict which is something that like gene roddenberry had when he was uh, working on the original series and then into 90s trek used to drive the writers nuts because it was the idea that like they couldn't be mad at each other in a in a way like <laughs> everything has to be very copacetic <laughs> yeah there couldn't be like i just don't like them and there's like no reasoning behind it um which i thought was really funny and then yeah the cardassian prison escape there's a bunch of references like when boimler's like they're making me look at lights that's a reference to an episode of um next generation when picard is being tortured by the cardassian lights there's five lights four lights or something like that yes okay. I've, yes. I've seen plenty of like memes and whatever about this but i've never seen this episode yeah so that that that's the reference there um but i also think it's funny that mariner uses these like workouts also as like a therapy i was because at first when it first started i was like oh is this something her therapist is making her do because she's like talking about her relationship with her mom with this like cardassian torture person right right yeah i was like oh this whole thing is a therapeutic uh all cramp, but no, I guess not. <laughs> it's just her working through it herself. I mean, I get you know, workouts are good for mental health too, but so that was like a funny combination of those two things. Hey, this is Mike dropping in to let you know that season three of Star Trek Discovery is now on Blu ray, DVD, and limited edition steelbook. I got my Blu ray copy, the special features are great, the picture quality is excellent. If you're a fan, you need these discs. And lucky for you, we just happen to be giving away a few of these discs to lucky listeners. For a chance to win a free copy of Star Trek Discovery Season 3 on Blu-ray, all you have to do is subscribe to our Star Trek Discovery Pod YouTube channel. Just go to StarTrekPod.co, 
click on that YouTube icon and subscribe. That's it. We'll pick winners at random and send the winners their Blu-rays at the end of August. You have until August 31st, 2021 to enter. Go to StarTrekPod.co, click on the YouTube icon, and subscribe to our YouTube channel for a chance to win Star Trek Discovery Season 3 on Blu-ray. With special features like deleted scenes, behind-the-scenes featurettes, cast interviews, and a gag reel. Star Trek Discovery Season 3, you gotta have this on Blu-ray and DVD. It's available everywhere on Blu-ray and DVD now from CBS and Paramount Home Entertainment. Who's Gary Mitchell? Gary Mitchell is from the second, or it's from the the redo of the pilot for the original series. And so, um, so the cage is the original pilot to Star Trek, which has um, Captain Pike in it, but they redid it to make it have Captain Kirk. And so they redid the pilot episode and essentially there's two um, crew members who get godlike telepathic powers, one of which is Gary Mitchell. <laughs> okay. And so um, Gary Mitchell, they also reference Gary Mitchell in, in season one, episode one of Lower Decks because Mariner's talking to Boimler and she makes a Gary Mitchell reference and he doesn't know who that is because um, mm-hmm. it is like such a obscurely early reference to the series um but they bring it all the way back for this one yet again so (laughs) who does inevitably get uh his his powers are ended by being um crushed under a boulder (laughs) i i love the contrivance um in the beginning of the episode of mariner just really wanting to wash these buildings to show this (laughs) this uh uh civilization what it's like to just maintain your property and make it clean and look nice. <laughs> That's her thing. And, and what unfolds is her uh, cleaning off a, an ancient relic that basically imbues him with that, that godlike power. And um, it was kind of ridiculous and silly. Um, but as I was thinking about it, I was like, yeah, I mean, her showing them like, Oh, just cleaning up your city. That is like a good kind of noble Trek thing. I like that idea. <laughs> And then it has really to go wrong. <laughs> yeah, of course it goes wrong. But uh, for a, a minute there, I was just like, oh, yeah, I just want to uh, see how it looks as like she's um, cleaning the building and like, oh, there's a sweet whale painting here. Is yep. there some, we're going to get something with the whales going on? I mean, we all know the episode or the movie with the whales is the best one. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we're on the uh, planet with the Apergosians, which we've never seen before. So this is a new alien race for, for us in the series. Um, and Randall Park pl- is the voice of the of their leader. Oh, who, I didn't catch that. Who uh, seems to be popping up everywhere. I hear his voice a lot lately. Um, and yeah, so we get lots of references back to the original series episode, um, which is called Where No Man Has Gone Before. Um, so if you want to watch that at any point, Grant. Uh, it's kind of a fun story. Yes. Thank you. Um because at the time, uh, I don't know if you know that Lucille Ball was in, like essentially in charge of the production studio that created Star Trek. What? Yes. No, <laughs> I didn't know that one at all. Yeah. So she was um, essentially she ran uh, 
Desilu Productions, which is where the original pilot was produced. Um, and she was just like, hey, listen, I understand you don't like this original pilot. Let's let let us do it again. Let them do it again. And so they did. And that's where we we found the the chemistry of Kirk and Spock. And so now we have Star Trek. So without Lucille Ball, no, no Trek. Awesome. All right. right? All right. (laughs) The more Um, you know. But let's see. Oh, I thought the uh, so the other uh, big reference is to the the giant head (laughs) and the giant head in space. Right. Um. So the godlike head that uh, there's a couple of different references in the original series. I, 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 you've probably seen this on the internet. It gets memed a lot, but it's this giant green hand that comes up and grabs the enterprise. I don't know if you've seen that one. I don't think I have. Um, it's no. supposed to be the hand of the God Apollo. Um, and then, okay. All right. <laughs> Fair. Uh, and then of course in final frontier, uh, the movie, which I know we have watched, remember there's the giant, the giant God that they meet at the end. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, there's something, uh, it, it reminded me a lot of, uh, of Rick and Morty, which I, you know, the animation departments, a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of things are very similar between these shows, but, uh, <laughs> Just, just the giant head beaming through space and coming in trying to chomp at them because <laughs> that's that's all he's got is his mouth to try and eat them. Um, a lot of that is really silly and just kind of fun. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I was enjoying those aspects as well. What what I keep kind of uh, coming back to though is we we have this team separated, and I'm I'm wondering what we might see as far as um, what they, what they want to do with this episode, this season. Um, yeah. So Mike McMahon I, in the, um, he live tweeted the episode this evening and he did reassure everybody that essentially we're going to get like a, a, a larger check-in on Titan uh, with Boimler next episode. Um and I, I think I saw in an interview somewhere, like eventually the crew is going to have to get back together, right? Like the crew gets back together, but there's going to be some adventures apart for a little while. I mean, it, it seemed like what we were leaving off with, with Boimler um, freaking out uh, as Riker and crew on Titan just kind of go on a wild adventure, which all, everyone else seems down for. And Boimler just seems too high strung. It's like, I can't handle that is... Is essentially that's what's going to be going on. Uh, this is going to be an environment that is too much for Boimler. Uh, as much as he thought he wanted to just climb the ranks and be at the top, he can't handle an environment that is that crazy. And so he's going to like the the lower stress of the lower decks with his his crew and his family. And I'm guessing that's why he's, he would come back. Maybe they have to go rescue him. Potentially. Yeah, that could be interesting. Because I um, I also think they've set up some interesting things specifically for the whole crew of the Cerritos, right? Because we get that moment between Captain Freeman and Admiral Freeman, um, where he is essentially like, you know, you're on the up and up. If you all can kind of prove yourselves, you could kind of move, potentially move over to this like bigger and better ship, you know? Mm. So I think a lot of our leadership crew is going to start feeling that pressure that she's now set up for herself when she's right. just like, everything is going swimmingly. Of course I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to excel even though I have the D team <laughs> a 
a lot of, of the people Federation. holding me back or actively jeopardizing things for me. Yes. And a daughter who consistently wants to get thrown in the brig. Um, so I think we've set up like an interesting point for Captain Freeman to try to prove herself in some way, which could potentially lead to more missions that maybe feel more like a, a Titan style mission as she's trying to prove herself. So potentially that could be where we, we see these two things kind of intertwine. Do you think it is in the interest or even the best interest of, of the show and the creators of the show um, to have these characters grow and evolve and kind of move beyond this lower decks thing? Or do you think the, the conceit is too strong and they want to keep them a little bit stunted a little bit um, in this sort of a, uh, Arrested Development, the station, yeah. so that it, it fits with the, the name, Lower Decks, and everything I'm, that's going on there. I, I mean, I feel like they're going to have to always be the perpetual underdog to kind of fit what they've set up on this on this show, right? So, like, in order for us to be rooting for them throughout all of this, but they eventually figure out a way to get around it. I don't know. I mean, it, I, I would be interested to see how many new characters we get introduced, because perhaps it is one of those things where, like, as people cycle, maybe the characters change out. Um, but I do feel like, I mean, how long has like this, have the kids on the Simpsons been kids, you know, how long have the kids on South park been kids? So it's like, right. We're probably not going to see a massive amounts of changes to their full character arcs. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was, I was curious if, if you see this show, more in the lens of um, something like like Simpsons or or South Park or Family Guy or whatever, or or is this more in the vein of of Trek, where we're going to see these characters grow and evolve and change and move into different stations and 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 level up, and we're going to see the Cerritos go from maybe just being a a second tier. Uh, what was what it called? Um, not the uh, the the team that that makes second contact, I guess, right? Mm-hmm, Is that what they mm-hmm. do? Um, to maybe being the people who make first contact, and um, I I think I would enjoy that journey more than just kind of the episode of the week with a show like this, because I think there's there's too much, there's too many. Um, there's too many other shows that already do that other thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't, so I um, don't really, I've seen episodes of Rick and Morty, but I'm not like uh, super familiar with it as a show. Do those characters kind of grow and change? <sighs> not lately. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I mean, th- they went through a few arcs where there was, there was definitely a, an expansive um, world building um, kind of, thrust to what that show was doing and as part of that it kind of reminded me of like um like adventure time where you are really constructing more of this mythology of how that that world exists but with trek you already have a lot of that mythology Mm -hmm. um, already established um we we don't need to I mean, we'll find out here there about like the apergosians or or other um civilizations right but um 
we're not we're not looking to construct from from the get-go what the world of of the federation and trek is so it's I mean, more of just the journeys of, of these characters yeah i mean we are kind of doing a little bit of world building because i do think the rules of this show are different from most of the other trek shows we've seen while it is canon right like there are uh different ways we're exploring this world because of the potential that animation allows us right to to see different types of alien species and like the pace doesn't have to be as like intense because this isn't a 45 minute to an hour long drama right like we're at a 25 minute comedy um so yeah i don't know that's an interesting question i haven't seen a i know they're you know like anime is probably the the genre where the characters do go through like the most amount of like changes and growth and like every season is kind of pushing towards that right um versus i think of something like the the world of like bob's burgers where again the characters do have growth but it's like much slower and it is more of like the story of the week so i'm not sure i mean i don't i don't personally mind more of the story of the week format but um as long as there is that like continued growth and more interest and exploration of the characters as a whole. That's what um, really grabbed my interest and started taking off in the first season was, you know, Boimler getting the promotion and us seeing that Rutherford is um, highly capable um, in kind of any, any role he's kind of put into um tendy is extremely driven and really smart mariner is a slacker but Mm -hmm. if if push comes to shove she's a natural leader and um a a, you know force to be reckoned with um so we see all these people that that immediately prove they have extreme potential and so you know with that I'm I'm interested in in driving that, continuing drive that forward, and uh, seeing uh, how they lend themselves to to more than just kind of the wacky hijink of the week. Personally, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I'm, I'm still down for everything yeah. else. I'm I don't know why I'm being so complainy. <laughs> um, Julian, who I believe has gotten access to screeners, which is nice. Um, had said without spoiling anything with the lower decks peeps go through some super growth over the next few episodes. So I, I feel like we're probably going to get, I just don't think it's going to be that rapid pace. I don't think any of them are going to be lieutenants by the end of the second season. No. Do you know what I mean? No. Like- <laughs> I, fair. That's fair. I, I, um, yeah, I, I, I just don't want it to be, you know, I mean, Harry Kim was an ensign for the entirety of Voyager. So, you know, mm. be disappointing <laughs> for Harry. uh takako says uh pod perhaps they're aiming for a hybrid format episodic but they don't forget what happened in the previous episodes yeah it it feels a little bit that way um and i I would understand them kind of going in that direction and us getting like incremental you know growth throughout the Mm -hmm. season um Man, this is just what I complained about the first season, too. I just always complained about this. You're going to get proven wrong yet again. <laughs> I will. I'll get proven wrong. I'll um, be okay. I think we had another um, comment right here I was going to jump to. Uh, oh, wait. 
<laughs> this is going back a bit. This is just uh, Julian Brown saying, I love the consistency of Jennifer being Mariner's foil. Yeah. And I, I think it's fun that, um, so Lauren Lapkus is the voice of Jennifer, who's like oh, a pretty okay. well-known comedian um, and uh, an improviser and actor. And so um, coming kind of from that same school of, of comedy and I feel like grouping of comedians, I see Tawny Newsom working with a lot, like Paul F. Tompkins and, and all of those crew. Um, so it's nice to see. I like seeing these like groups of people who've all creatively worked together, all getting to do stuff together consistently. Consistently, right. it makes me happy. So um, I also thought it was really funny. Um, St- the character Stevens, who's like obsessed with Ransom in this episode when they <laughs> finally get down and he re- he's reading um, Nightingale Woman to him, which is yet another reference to Where No Man Has Gone Before, um, which Gary Mitchell quotes from the poem Nightingale Woman. Um, and the poem was actually written by Gene Roddenberry, but it's like in the world of like in the Star Trek universe, it was written in 1996 on the Caponius planet. So it's like, okay. I was like, I have to know how this writer's room works. Like if they like come up with this, like how many passes at the script do they do to like jam pack it with references? Enrich, enrich, enrich. Yeah. Yeah. It felt very, um, princess bride (laughs) at the end like pulling up to his bedside to read him a little tale and i was like oh is it gonna be princess bride and then he said nightingale thing i was like i don't know what that reference is but i i was i was confident you would yes i've Um, got the i've got the i i tried to do a bunch of research about all of the references because i'll i'll like catch some of them but then like it doesn't always I'm like, oh, I know that's a reference, but I don't know quite to like what it's to. So then I'm just like Googling <laughs> to figure it out. Um, we even, see, oh, what's up? Oh, I was going to say, because like when Mariner says uh, Jack is going all ransom on the mount, that is a reference to a meme of like Kirk from the movie where anyway, it's like a video someone made of, of, um, it's called Shatner on the Mount. If you want to look it up, it's very funny. <laughs> um, with Mariner, uh, she seems to be uh, burying her feelings about Boimler. We see in the very beginning that uh, she's going through the holodeck uh, scenario with the Cardassian. And she has the opportunity to save a hologram version of Boimler and she's like, nah, mm-hmm. screw you. <laughs> like yeah. you, you say there, um, I'm not rescuing you. I'm not here for you because you abandoned me too. Um, and then later when they're just kind of using his, his old bunk for storage, ex- excess storage, which is, was also amusing. Um, she seems really stuck on this idea that he might have a, a much larger space to stay in. And, and she has this kind of um, unaddressed jealousy, obviously. Um, and hurt feelings of, about what he did. So inevitably, when he comes back, there's, that's going to be a, a point of conflict there. Uh, yeah. Bitterness there. <laughs> well, I'm also interested because, like, if he has risen in rank on the Titan, even if he came back, he's potentially also still like of a higher officer rank, and so he could potentially be in charge of his friends, which would also be very funny. Hmm. And create some very interesting conflicts. Do people ever get demoted in Trek? Like, do you? I'm sure it has happened. I can't think of like, uh, I mean, they did it last season when Mariner was um, 
upped in rank and then they demoted her. Man, I mean, being stuck on a ship for like five years and then just being like having like being demoted, like losing morale, that's got to be really rough. He's <laughs> like, I can't even like beam out of here. I'm just stuck on this thing. Yeah, I feel for these people. Yeah. I mean, it seems like the ships are pretty large because the the space that um, Dana, oh, what, whatever the name of um, Rutherford's date is that he went out with both this episode and the first episode of the oh, first season, right. the Trill character. Um, she says they're going to a specific, like the, I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but uh, they're going to this like tank or whatever, which is technically like where people study sea creatures. So it's like, if there's like a sea creature department on the ship, it's gotta be absolutely massive. (laughs) Oh, uh, Tom Paris apparently got demoted. That's true. That is true. There we go. Um, WYSIWYG says, uh, what about the ending on the Titan? So, uh, what we see is the Titan is, being chased by ships that are firing at it and they enter into some sort of anomaly black hole anomaly <laughs> thing. Mm-hmm. Don't really know what it is. Um, but it seems to be swallowing them up and taking them to some mysterious place. And I've, I've seen enough track to know that this is a <laughs> common occurrence apparently in space. All these ships are just constantly just going into these black holes and wormholes and vortexes and nebulas and whatever. I don't even know. All kinds of uh, space anomalies. Yeah. I th- what is it? They said, like, prepare for uh, gluing uh, something or other. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm I'm very curious. I, I imagine that, n- that next week's episode will be picked up with... Um, them going into the, the, the Titan. But does that mean that we have um, Riker? Like that, mm-hmm. that's Jonathan Frake's voice, right? Yep. He's doing the, uh, yes. All of those jazz uh, references are in fact, uh, Jonathan Frakes <laughs> doing all the voice work. Yeah. Something glue on. Yeah. I don't glue even know on, glue on disruption. That's what they say. Prepare for a glue on disruption. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I'm excited to find out. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think they've written that character to be so, um, both I think true to Riker, but like the comedy version, like what's the absurdist version of Riker? What is Riker unhinged? You know, who's making just an extreme amount of jazz references to licks and encounters. Like, <laughs> you know, from my limited exposure to Riker, um, he seems both kind of like, a. Uh, an adrenaline junkie and a little bit of like a, a, a himbo. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that's my impression of the guy. Yeah. Very, sh- very shoot from the hip when he's just like, someone make me a hole. Let's get out of here. Like <laughs> punch me a hole. Um, yeah. I think Riker is going to be really fun. So what is Boimler um, doing? He's sitting in like the seat that data would sit in. Right. Yeah. So it's someone who's a part navigating of navigating or of, driving. It's, probably dry like navigation yeah i would assume because it seems like the guy on the other side is someone who's more in charge of weapons so it seems that boimler is more in charge of navigation but there's lots of people on that bridge doing stuff so right i I never know what those two seats are it's like one was sulu and the other one was um 
the other dude Chekhov, right? Mm-hmm. They were both mm-hmm. set up front. Yeah, and Sulu was the pilot. Sulu was driving on the other side, but yes. Data would sit there with Jordy on yes. the other side. I don't know what these people do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the stations, the stations all have their purpose. I mean, uh, if we think of Kayla and OO on, on disco, right? Like Kayla is more of the pilot, whereas like OO's it kind of more navigation and weapons. Okay. So, well, whatever Boimler's doing, he's not cut out for it. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> no, he seemed to not be handling the pressure very well. <laughs> if you were in this, the lower decks universe, would you want to be on the Titan or the Cerritos? Oh, I mean, the Cerritos is laid back. That's <laughs> l- low stakes right there. That seems pretty easy for me. Um, I don't I don't need to be right where the uh, action and adrenaline are because I would die. I would be that red shirt who died right away. <laughs> <laughs> You'd walk on in a red shirt and they would just know. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't let they wouldn't let me on. uh in the main deck with everyone else. They'd be like, nah, you're, you're going to be in the hallway. You're going to be one of the guys who gets thrown up against a wall and then sucked out into space. That's it. So no, thank you. What about you? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think I, I would like to think that I could handle the Titan, but in reality, I'd probably enjoy being on the Cerritos more. Yeah. It, it, it yeah. seems Although, I mean, what we're seeing, it's it's kind of awful every week, too, with like zombie plague takeovers and mm-hmm. uh, their their ship getting uh, uh, taken over by the Reavers or Ravagers or whoever, too. So. <laughs> yeah, they've got a lot going on. I'm Yes, I'm a lower deck lifer, just like Mariner. This is accurate. <laughs> I, I don't need character growth. They need character growth. <laughs> Me... I'm going to stay right where I am. (laughs) Static forever. Uh, Jude Beacom says uh, in the lower decks era, the two seats at the front uh, are are the helm and ops. Okay. That makes sense. Thanks Jude. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed this episode all the way through. I'm excited to see what the rest of this season has to offer. Um, I think, Tawny Newsom and Don Lewis have great character chemistry together as mother and daughter. Um, There are so many, like when captain Freeman is yelling is like give both giving praise, but then at the end gets so frustrated when ransom is like, I will be the only captain. She's like the fuck you will not. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was really great there. And then, um, yeah, I just think, I think they've set up some interesting plot lines. I'm excited to learn more uh, backstory about our characters too. Cause I, I, we got some glimpses into um, Mariners back history last season. So I hope Mm -hmm. we get to see more about everybody else's as we, as we move forward. And I, I want to see the return of that uh, their rock band, their talent yes. show rock band, <laughs> the choo choo dance. Yes, <laughs> more of that, please. More choo choos. Um, yeah, I mean, the only two of us this evening, <laughs> so we've had a lot of time to fill. Um, is any feel free in the chat, y'all, if you have anything else you'd like to add or get our opinions on? But if you do have any questions and comments, you know to hit us up with pod over on the the side chat. And uh, we'll bring that up as well. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there were any other references I wanted to um, bring up. 
Oh, the sonic power washing that you brought up, Grant. Um, so it's not just a power washer. It's a sonic power washer, which we've had sonic showers on uh, ships before. So instead of having to get doused with water, essentially, it's like energy beams are cleaning you, which is interesting. <laughs> mm. um, Julian says, uh, who are you most excited to see grow this season? I think Tendi. I really want to learn more about Tendi and see where she sort of goes. We see her, you know, honing her skills as far as how to protect her friend to the point where she's willing to remove his brain and uh, freeze it so that she can fix it for him. Um, so I'm I'm excited to see some more from Tendi. What about you, Pam? Um, yeah, Tendi would probably be my my first pick. Uh, Rutherford as well. I think. Those two just constantly get relegated to the the B plot, but I I think there's a lot of interesting things going on with the both of them, and uh, I I would like to see um, what each of them brings to the table, get recognized, and uh, them get the the respect and accolades they deserve for that. Uh, Wizwig says, uh, "Do you think kicking Jerry O'Connell in the balls <laughs> will be a recurring theme?" I mean, I think they would all love nothing more than to hear Jerry O'Connell consistently having to voice getting kicked in the balls in a voiceover booth. I imagine that would be a very silly recording session. Chupi <laughs> <laughs> uh, says, uh, I, I saw something that suggests Freeman and Riker were the Boimler and Mariner in the past. Mm, that would be fun to see how Freeman might have some connection with Riker. Yeah. They were good buddies. I mean, did we? I guess we got hints that they they did have uh, a friendly relationship. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. was there a little bit of tension and hostility between them as well, like a, a fractured relationship? I don't called. know. I don't know. We'll have to see. Uh, Karen says uh, it was cool having Missy Pyle from Galaxy Quest voice the Cardassian interrogator. I didn't recognize that was her. I didn't either. But that's a great great reference. Um, the intro title sequence, man, that feels more galaxy quest to me than star Trek. <laughs> uh, I think the music, I think in, in particular, but, uh, they use a lot of, um, the original series, uh, like music in that theme. There's like oh, a lot they? of musical references in there. It, yeah. It felt like parody to me, but maybe I'm just not as familiar with, uh, <laughs> the old school, um, track, and so everything feels parody to me. Yeah, I mean, they did change up the title sequence. I don't know if you noticed, but there's like different ships in that battle scene where it used to just be with Borg cubes and like Romulan ships. Now there's um, a couple of different kinds that have to look up exactly which ones. But uh, Home Chicky says, uh, who will be Mariner's sidekick next week since it's no longer mom and Boimler's still gone? Will I mean we even see them? I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, it might just be like ha this this week, but in reverse, right? Like we'll get a bunch of time with Boimler and maybe less time with Mariner and everyone on the Cerritos. We'll have to see. This is what Trek loves to do. That's what they did <laughs> with uh, the third season of of Discovery. You right. know, they they start one episode on the ship and one on the planet with you know the two groups mm -hmm. separated. Um, or you know, it was one with uh, what's her name, uh, Burnham, mm -hmm. and then the ship. Yeah. Yeah. So. I don't know. Uh, Jennifer. It'll be Jennifer. Her <laughs> foil will have to be her lackey as well. That would be funny. I did. I was able to find. So the new ships 
There's the Borg cubes, Romulan warbirds, and now there's pack led ships from the season one finale, a few mm-hmm. Klingon, Klingon birds of prey, and uh, just less Borg cubes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. I think, um, should we wrap it up here then? I think so. Yeah. This was, uh, this was fun. I'm really excited for the rest of the season and also stoked um, next week. We'll hopefully have the full crew in place. Um, fingers crossed. I will be on a road trip next week. So I'm hoping my hotel has decent Wi-Fi. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Very excited for you for that. Yes. Um, I should be here. So. Great. We'll figure it out. It could just be Grant answering your questions about Star Trek. What an idea. Oh my God. <laughs> just guessing what you think the answers would be. I can do it. I can. I can. <laughs> it's going to be awkward. You guys, I will just rope all of you. I'll just pull everyone else in and be like, here's a link. Come join me on stream. Yeah, we're going to talk about this together. Yeah, this will be fun. All right. Well, thanks everybody for joining us. Remember, you can find us live on YouTube every Thursday talking about the rest of this Lower Decks season. Um, Grant, can you remind them where else they can find us? Uh, yes. The call to action is um, subscribe, rate and review, and uh, join us over on patreon.com slash Star Trek pod. If you haven't already done that, you of course can follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram um, at Star Trek pod. And uh, shout out to Karen who helps run our Twitter and uh, James Worm, who, uh, well, I, I don't think he runs our Instagram anymore, but big thanks to oh. him for all the work that he did yeah. building it up at that point. Um, and thanks so much for joining us here on Star Trek Discovery Pod. We're going to be back next week. Yeah, we'll see you all then. Bye. Live long and prosper. Bye. Uh...